Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Simon Sweetman, and this is episode 135. Uh, I had a chat with Rian Sheehan. Now, he is a, a return guest to the podcast. In fact, he was the, the second um, person that I talked to. So we're going back three years then. So I'll, I'll, I'll include a link to that one because that was uh, in the very, very early days of the podcast. Uh, back then, I, I went out and visited him at his home, at his studio, and we talked about everything that he'd done up until that point. Um, Rian and I go back, we're friends, we've, we've known each other for a while, we used to work together in a record store, and, uh, and I'm a big fan of his, of his work, he, of, of his albums, and also he does um, soundtracks and commercial work, TV ads and teasers and short film soundtracks and all sorts of things. So um, for this conversation, it's a, it's a shorter conversation where we focused on his brand new album, which is, is due out at the start of October, so just after you hear this episode, um, it's called A Quiet Divide. Now I've, I've heard the album it is amazing as I say I'm unabashedly I'm a, a, a fan um, I was probably gonna like it regardless but I, I, I think that he he does that thing that you would hope in people's music you like he gets better with each and every album and this really is amazing uh, his wife Rashi incredible musician in her own right and and a crucial part of his uh, live shows and albums particularly the last couple um, she uh, does some of the best work I've ever heard her do as a pianist on this record too and um, and Jeff Boyle from the band Jacob who's been a previous podcast guest he's also a, a, a supplies a crucial tonic to Rian's sound um, and he's and he's there as well in, in this album so uh, he's about to as you hear this he's about to take the album on the road for a series of shows now a Rian Sheehan show is a special thing they happen about once every four or five years and and they're a full multimedia experience uh, amazing projections uh, uh, a full string section a uh, uh, you know, a 10-piece band or something like that. Um, so he's playing Dunedin's Arts Festival, then he's playing Wellington, Christchurch and Auckland. So it's a, that's, a, that's a big tour for for this sort of show. It's a, it's a big undertaking. So, um, yeah, we really just caught up about the album and the, and, and plug the tour. And um, he's done a couple of other things, uh, you know, uh, soundtrack-wise, including um, creating the, the soundtrack for a roller coaster ride. So, yeah, we talk about um, his film work and his commercial work and, and uh, and then the idea that it was time after five years to put together another album. So I hope you enjoy this. This is me talking once again with Wellington-based composer Rian Sheehan. Well, you were the second person to be on the podcast. Right. You were episode two, which was about three years ago. So it was a long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Over three years ago. I came out to your place, and um, but we obviously go further back than that um, and in terms of how we know each other but um, I haven't listened back to that episode and I imagine you haven't no. uh, um, but so we might repeat some stuff but the, the, yeah. but the aim is to really sort of uh, talk about your current projects sure particularly the, the album and the tour I guess but then I know you've done a bunch of things so where we were at when I interviewed you and chatted to you for the podcast was um, I think like the significant thing you had really done or were doing was the soundtrack to the Janet Moses documentary yes, and that, right. and yeah. that uh, the film hadn't even come out oh really yeah okay. when I yeah. talked to you yeah. and so or had it it might have played at the festival that's I don't, right I can't remember but anyway I saw the film yeah. and it was amazing yeah you know, the film was incredible and then then you end up 
I think I think from memory when we were talking, I said, "Oh, are you going to try and release that as? A, will it get released as a soundtrack?" Right. And you were like, "Oh, well, I'd like to." And yeah. then that did happen. So that was it like did happen. Yeah. last year. That's right. Um, yeah, it's uh, well, a lot of that soundtrack score was mixed quite quietly. Right. Yeah. 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 Like some of it ridiculously quietly. Um, so I, you know, when you work on a project like a film. A, you know, just put a huge amount of work that goes into it. So you end up writing a lot of music. Mm. I think I wrote, you know, it was a very music-heavy um, score, probably an hour's worth of music. Um, so I just, I just felt like uh, a lot of it hadn't had a chance to be heard. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was part of the reason I released it. But. Well, that's the cool thing about I think some of the stuff you're doing is that, um, you know, I'm thinking about with with regard to the new album. I, I sort of can hear how uh, everything informs one mm. another. So, like, right. the new album is, is a new, I guess, studio album by you that's not yes. a soundtrack. But yeah. a, if, if a person had never heard your work before and listened to that album, I feel like could go, wow, this guy could be doing TV and film scores. Do you right. know what I mean? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Which is like... Yeah. And, well, and, I mean, and of course you are and you do, but so it really comes across in that work, yet... Yeah. Yet yeah. it isn't... You don't just have this one thing that you do and... No, I feel, I feel that there's a... I mean, I was, you know, I don't really listen to my old music, but I do yeah. feel that there was a, a connection to the previous few releases. Yeah. On the new album. Although it does... It does... It, it is the heavier... It's the heaviest... Orchestral album I've ever made. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, very yeah. piano and string yeah. orientated. Um, so again, that's coming in from those last few, like the Planetarium score and the um, and the Janet Moses one. Like well, elements of, of those yeah, are starting to. Creep. I mean, kind of. I mean, I, I work on all sorts of different mm. genres. I mean, mm, I mm. you know last or this early this year I finished a you know a score to it for a, a roller coaster ride uh, um, in Abu Dhabi for Ferrari World so it was like it was spy themed it was a fully orchestral score yeah I br- brought on um, Tane up John Beats just to help me you know with it all in the end and we created this you know kind of Bond-esque <laughs> Mission Impossible sounding yeah. score for this right absolutely you'd never hear that you know mm, any of those mm. um, influences on the new album yeah sure but, but it, I hadn't it, it's been five years since I've released an album so um, mm. and I've just been concentrating on scoring work because that's what's paying the bills, and I enjoy it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was really Mikey Tucker from Loop that came along and said, "Hey, um, it's time. Y- it's time for another <laughs> album, isn't it?" And yeah. I was like, "Well, not not really feeling it." To be honest. Well, we talked about this a bit last time, but you have this you have this interesting relationship, I guess, with Loop and to Loop, and that you're the first person to release a full length. Yeah, you're the first art, single artist to release a full length album. When they, when they yeah, yeah, yeah. A when they actually it. became yeah. a label, splitting away from doing free CDs as part of a magazine structure. That's right. And yeah. then they did those early compilations out of you know uh, what what often got called the Welly Dub scene and yeah, Welly yeah. Roots and rah, 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 and they were a big part of that. They yeah, certainly were. Um, yeah, they yeah. were the reason that that got known the way it did. Yeah. But you you're the first person to release an album for them, so in a way you're. Well, you're a flagship artist for Loop, if not the, and yet you're kind of um, an anomaly in, in the structure of what the label is, I think. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, Mikey and I, we go way back, obviously. Yeah. And um, he, he's, I mean, Mikey's always believed in my music, and even when I haven't, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's, um, and it, yeah, it's, so I do feel that there's, you know, there's a strong connection there. And yeah. 
and um, he's you know we've we've worked together to even with other labels overseas. Yeah, you know, yeah, um, yeah. And it's all seemed to have worked out pretty well. Going back to the Cafe Del Mar. Oh days. yeah. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. I forget about those, but. Um, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, no, just no, just with other record labels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so like yeah. The, the last album was on two other labels overseas. And, yeah. Um, and the new album is uh, it's the first album um, on Cobalt uh, that I've ever had. It's a worldwide distro deal mm. um, for vinyl and everything. So that's that's exciting. Wow. And that um, that kind of came through Mike. Well, that did come through Mikey's, you know, meeting the right people. Mm. So he's, yeah. I mean, he's always had this kind of belief in my music. And, but he came he came to me. Uh, I would have been. Kind of midway through last year, 2017, and said, "Hey, um, you know, why don't you make an album and we'll apply for some funding?" And I said, "I'm only really interested in doing this if we, if I have a budget. You know, I don't want to make another just a, yeah. a, a bedroom sounding, you know, yeah, studios yeah. bedroom studio sounding album." Yeah. Um, so we we yeah, NZ on Air amazingly gave us some funding based on three very esoteric atmospheric demos. Yeah. Um, which. I was quite surprised about and so that enabled me to go and record you know like a large string section spend some time like I even hired a music editor for the first time in my life to help me just go through all the takes and you know get the eye and everything out and kind of the wrinkles out of things right and yeah yeah so um yeah so it was it's yeah it sort of strikes me that as your your um vision for music is getting bigger and broader right. obviously your um opening yourself up to to more frequent collaborations and collaborators yeah well you know, I mean like, you know my biggest collaborator is Rashi my wife yeah yeah I was um, going to say like she's very prominent on the last couple of things in particular yeah, right yeah. like the, the yeah. Janet Moses soundtrack and then yeah, this new well yeah. she's a she's a very proficient yeah. great pianist and yeah. um, there's only there's actually only one track on the new album which is just me playing piano which is cool mm. it's, it's just a solo piano piece but um so she played most of the piano. I mean, I'd written it, I'd sketched yeah, it out, but she yeah. she would add things. You know, she'd come in and just you know add an inversion or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's great like that. Uh, and we co-wrote a track actually, um, "Soma Dreams," which was yeah. named by our daughter Soma. Yeah. Um, which is the single. Which is the single. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, not really a single but album, but we had video like it's. We, yeah, we had we just had a, an amazing, amazing video animated, beautiful looking video animated yeah. by Matt Pitt, who I've worked with on yeah. you know for a long time. Um, and he's also contributed some work to the live shows. Yeah, but uh, I also worked with um, Justin Bird, who's a concert pianist. He played uh, a few tracks. Yeah. Um, the beginning of the album, there's the two tracks. Yeah. And he really brought something to it that certainly I couldn't, or maybe Rashi couldn't either, because it, you know one of them is very fast. Um, yeah. The Absence of You, which is pretty tricky to play. Um, so it was great to work with him. Uh, but I spent, because we had a little bit of a budget, I spent quite a quite a bit of time trying to find the right piano you know because right. there's actually four pianos on the album yeah maybe five actually so we, we have two pianos at home but they only work for certain things you know um, so I ended up recording the majority of them up at um, Roundhead um, you know Neil Finn's studio yeah and um, spent a few days in there just you know recording many of the same tracks on different pianos and just trying to get the trying to get the right sound. Mm. So that, that was fun. Mm. Yeah. Um, and uh, I remember, I do remember talking to you about, um, well, we yeah, last time we were saying that, I guess, the stories from elsewhere and Standing in Silence and, and even the um, the little sort of mini album, the uh, Seven, Seven Tales. Tales 
they all they all kind of speak to each other, and now this album—that's what mm. you're sort of you were getting at before about more recent albums. They all they they all feel connected, and this one does too. Like I think so. I think, yeah. yeah, I think there's a yeah, um, and the earlier two, and I guess there's a remix album and stuff too. But the, oh, the yeah. first two, that they, they're a very separate. They're quite disconnected they're quite, in the yeah. sense that you know. Um, Have you disowned them yet? <laughs> well, not quite. Well, I mean, you know, they, they did pretty well when they came yeah. out. So the second yeah. one, yeah. it's probably like, I don't know, it's probably gold by now. I don't, I, we've never checked. But, um, you know, like it sold a lot of albums. Yeah. So people, when I when they, you know, put two and two together and mm. realise mm. if they like my music, they, they usually, that's usually the one they point out to me. Right. Like, oh, the Blue Album, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it's, you know, it, it, it is what it is, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. No, it's just interesting because, I mean, obviously they just don't, they just wouldn't really fit in no. the style of the shows that you do. No, we don't. We don't so you wouldn't any include anything from them as well, a token I mean, nod, would you? No, because I mean, it I just doesn't fit. It's not well, maybe, maybe it's, No, we don't. We don't. No, we don't play any of them. No. But I mean, the, the first album has a few moments of proud of, you know, yeah. some of the acoustic guitar stuff. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe we should play. Them. Well, I was going to say you could almost uh, some of those things could work as little segue type could, things. Yeah, yeah. They actually could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but. But then you have enough stuff to structure a show outside. You know, you don't need to do it just to include Absolutely. something. And you're not. It's not that. Ne- it's never the style of show where it's like, yeah. hey, you may remember this one from yeah. <laughs> back in the day. You know, it's not like yeah. that. It's a, you know, from there's Cafe not, Del Mar, <laughs> number eleven. There's not a lot of yeah. banter, and you know what no. I mean. Like it's not. It's not that sort of show. So no. you have um, other elements that make that more than make up for that visuals and projections and. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean we've and I've been working. I mean this is by far the, the new set of shows that we're doing. Yeah. Oh, actually, it's the biggest run of shows I've ever done. In my well, life. that's yeah. it. I was going to say you, when I said to you last time about you know whenever you do a show, that obviously it takes a whole lot from not just you but everyone involved. It's a big undertaking, it is. Yeah. and it's a big cost because they're it's they're, a big impressive show and just the sheer numbers of people involved. They're risky and to put on. That's they're sure. risky, yeah. <laughs> and you said, well, every time we do it, it's a risk, and I'd like mm. to do it more, but we also get to the end and go, uh, well, we might, yeah. never, you know, it might be yeah. okay if we never do that again. And so no. here you are with the biggest run of shows. Yeah, so we're playing six shows. Yeah, um, but the I mean, the interesting thing about these shows is that I've I'm still working with the visual artists that I've worked with before, but we yeah. just and but Weta Workshop amazingly came on board. I pitched this idea to um, Richard Taylor uh, to help us with some set, you know, elements, yeah. and he um, amazingly came on board. Lo- loved the idea, and I-, I think it's the most interesting looking show we've ever made. So you know, and given that my music's instrumental, yes, it's, I- I've always felt that audiences just need something to interact with or, or bounce off, you know, visually. Um, but usually that's always been a linear. You know, like a, well, a kind of a big screen, um, uh, just a like you know yeah. giant screen. But yeah. this is this is very different. We, we, it's this is it. it I don't give too much away, but it kind of merges mm. around the band, and it's made up of three different projectors and creates a kind of a, a trippy three D illusion. Well, you, you know, yeah. with with the fact that you only do a show every three to five yeah. years, mm. by by virtue of that. There are huge leaps and bounds in the technology that you're able to yeah, to harness yeah. just just to keep up. It's not even about pushing the. Obviously, oh, no, you want obviously you want it to be, improve each time, but what you know 
it already is anyway and, and yeah, so whatever yeah, you're able yeah. to access can be done cheaper than it used to be able to do yeah to a certain degree I mean it's yeah, still, yeah. still costs a lot to of I mean, course when you throw like you know we used to use one big projector now we mm. use three yeah. plus some lasers etc yeah um, it's not used in a dance party kind of way but, yeah, yeah. but yeah. you know when you throw all that in there that just adds more to the expense yeah. of the shows but yeah. because we're playing as part of the um we, we got on a whole bunch of um, festival circuits as well, arts festivals. Yeah. So we're playing in arts festival Dunedin and Nelson. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I've. Yeah, I mean I haven't played in Nelson for years. So, um, and that that helped us put the tour together because yeah, what, you know yeah, if you're not yeah. on a festival, it just you know it just makes it easier when you're playing lots of shows. It's it, it, getting all those people together to do it makes it easier. You know? I remember we actually did talk about that too, saying mm. saying like why mm. why are you not, you know. No, no fault of yours, but why are you not involved in more festivals? Why is it just a big part of that thing of it being a big risk? It's a big call to. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, we've I've been offered you know things, but it, I've never I, I've never wanted to scale it down. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, uh, and the new shows, they for some of the shows they're scaled down with a small. We have a smaller string section, but most of the, the shows have a relatively you know decent string section, and mm. that all costs money. It's just, mm. but it's. I, I just love the idea of doing it live, you know, like, um, and it's because of a lot of it's kind of quiet, you know, associated with being quieter, cinematic, um, filmic style yeah. music. It doesn't mean, I mean, it still, it still took a lot, a lot of people to make that music, you know, yeah, like, yeah. you know, so, but, so that's the great thing about people seeing and hearing that music live is that, um, they might not, when they listen to them, they might not realise that there was you know, 20 people involved in this one particular track or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that's fun. And it just does something to people, I think, when, they, when they're when they immersed in, you know, that sound, like a, a live string section or, a, you know, yeah. Yeah, so when do you, like, I guess, first of all, what's the full gestation of the album from Mikey coming to you and saying, we need to make a, you know, you need to think about doing a new record? how long from when you agree to that to, to obviously the record isn't out as we're speaking I've heard it but it comes out mm. the start of October I finished it in May so I finished it right. a while ago yeah um, but you know that's the thing right you finish an album and then yeah. you have to wait for yeah. everyone else to catch up and yeah, yeah. Um, and the labels you know has to be the right time for release yeah 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 um, but how no, long does the, is the the creative period from? Conception? It was about six months actually, yeah. uh, and it's the fastest and album I've ever I was made. Just gonna say, yeah, is, that, is that quicker? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, most of it was written and recorded in six months. There were some ideas that were kind of permeating. Yeah, yeah. And I think they're like this: the third track, Lost Letters, you know, the main, I mean, chordal piano idea, but not the melody. I'd had, yeah. you know, floating around for a couple of years or something. Mm. Every time I sat down at the piano, but. Um, mm -hmm. um, yeah, most it was definitely the fastest album I made. But I, in saying that, I had um, when I first started, when I sat down and decided, oh, you know, I have to make this album. I just had writer's block. I just got in for about two months and just banged my head against the wall. I was beating myself up really about mm. it, and um, and almost just gave up on the idea. <laughs> and then mm. all of a sudden, it just started coming out. Um, and I just started. I just let it go and you know started writing. And because I, I didn't know, you know. Sometimes you just have nothing to say, you know, musically. Like, well, or you, or you need a, you need a kind of a, uh, a, a sonic direction that you're going to follow. And I've always, mm. you know, my last albums kind of, they all kind of have that something about them, which is they, they follow a, a certain kind of sound. Or like, mm. Yeah, like, mood, it, like the previous one, a mood, you know, like the previous yeah. one was had a kind of you know childlike naivety mm. to it. The new, new one doesn't as much. Um, um, so, I, but I guess once I stopped thinking about it. Um, 
it seemed to come out. Yeah. I, I was talking with someone the other day about how there's a lot of this um, sort of one-man band um, synthetic music that's being made that's that's um, really quite quite deep and quite profound, mm. quite quite sort of spiritual, and it kind of right. seems to speak to, I guess, a general mood of unhappiness that people mm. are feeling politically, right. you know, culturally. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like your album fits into that, but it's like it. but it's like yeah. the giant widescreen version of that. Oh, right. You know, you're, you're like, yours is the actual orchestrated, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, hu- huge, um, huge number of people involved rather than just one. Right, I mean, yeah. you've obviously done both. You've done the you've done the thing before where you've sat at the mm. computer and made yeah. music on your own. Yes, I and, and continue yeah. to do that. But yeah. yeah, I think yours sort of fits yeah. into that. Oh, that's great to hear. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I don't know how to answer. <laughs> <laughs> that's, it's not a question. It's so. not a question. <laughs> yeah, you, don't a to, you don't have um, to answer it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean. I started well, Jeff. I you know collaborated with Jeff Boyle again. On a few long, tracks. I was going to say long yeah. running collaboration. But also, I spent more time working out my own kind of uh, guitar textures are prominent on the on the whole album. Yeah. And, um, now I've kind of refined the sound that I'm working on, which doesn't even sound like a guitar. It just sounds yeah. like some kind of huge, beautiful synthy sound. Yeah. Um, and it's taken me a long time to find the right you know pedal chain and, and yeah, pedals to yeah. do that. But um, so that was exciting. Once I once I realised that I had this kind of sound, um, this atmospheric sound that I that I call it like a you know a cloud or something. Mm. Um, that was fun. Just yeah. It would actually be that's making me think it would be interesting to line your records up from Paradigm sh- Shift through mm. to to listen to someone could do this. Listen to and hear how you've basically worked yeah. on making the guitar disappear deep inside yes, the sound of yeah. each record because it's yeah. you know you've got these quite prominent acoustic tracks in Paradigm Shift that pop up oh yeah, yeah you know yeah, where, yeah. where it's very obvious it's a guitar yeah you, oh, yeah, you want it to be yeah. you know it's a guitar yeah. you're playing a guitar and it's about as guitar as you can get yes yes yeah. right through to from standing in silence onwards even yeah. you know you watch it and you watch Jeff play yeah yeah and you're like how is he making these well, he's, Sounds, I mean, Jeff's yeah. been a huge influence on, sure. on, on, you know, uh, on me, uh, and he's a, he's a close friend, so it's always a pleasure working with him. He, he's coming on tour with us as well. Great, so yeah. Be great. Yeah. And and yeah, well, what's the what's the full sort of cast on the on the album, and how many of those people make it to the tour, and yeah, how so, do you put um, all of that together? Yeah, I mean, we. I guess actually, before you answer that, one thing I wanted to know was. When you're making the record, at what point in the mm. record do you go, oh, we need to take this on the road, this is happening? Or does the record get complete? Like, can you see that happening? Well, that, that was always it? the plan. Actually. Yeah. We had shows booked, you know, in festivals before the album was right. written. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. So there was no option. Yeah. It's like, I had to finish <laughs> no, the album. Yeah. Um, and that didn't help in the beginning. Yeah, I, that, you know, that, that, that it's feeds weird. into the writer's block. It, it certainly does. <laughs> it's strange, though, because with, when I take on a, like a, a scoring job or a soundtrack for whatever it is, I, 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 I feed off that. Yeah. I feed off the deadline, and that, that propels me through. Mm. And I, I don't seem to have as much fear, but with my own music, it was, you know, it's. So this is where the line is. This is where they are two very distinct yeah, approaches. That yeah. you know, like yeah. Yeah, but um, no. So I mean, we we're taking I'm taking a core band like Rashi, obviously mm. a huge part of the show. Jeff Boyle, um, uh, Marika Hodgson, who's she's an amazing bass player. She's plays with Holly Smith, people like that. And um, she's she's coming on tour. Um, I've got uh, Steve Bremner, who's mm-hmm. played on my shows, mm-hmm. and 
played on a, a track on the album. And Ed Zicola is um, this uh, synth god. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so in Grant Myhill he plays percussion. And, and we, we have some you know special guests around the place sometimes when they get up. Um, and then using uh, playing with different string sections around and the country, each, yeah, which yeah. is great. So um, yeah, so that, that'll and be fun. What yeah. sort of size strings? Well, they they fluctuate actually yeah. from like I think Dunedin we have twenty two strings piece string section with us, wow. um, which is you know which, is, which means there'll be you know yeah. thirty something people on stage. Um, Down to what about nine or ten? Yeah, no. We, so in the smaller venues, um, you know, like the, the three to four hundred seating venues, like in Nelson and Auckland, we we're playing. Um, we're doing two nights in Nelson and two nights in Auckland, but we're playing. We have a six-piece string section, right, yeah. and that that'll work because. It, yeah, yeah. But it, we had to rearrange. Uh, well, Ryan Ewans and I, we, we had to you know, because it, the music's written. It was written for a sixteen-piece string yeah, section. Yeah, so yeah. when you start, you know, bring that down, you have to kind of rearrange the parts and take yeah. the parts out. So that's yeah. a bit tricky, but but it should it should have an intimacy about it. I think that will be different from the other shows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what's the rehearsal kind of process like? Um, it's all theory at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, no, we, we haven't started rehearsing. What does that? Not at the time of recording yeah, this, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, what does that look like, though, in, in your mind? Like, what's the realistic amount of? Well, string players, you know, they they obviously they, get they their just, they charts play, and work they, on they them. Just, yeah. They work on them. Some you know, have been very lucky to work with, you know, high some amazingly high caliber players here in Wellington, obviously, mm. um, and they, you know, on many recording sessions, and they would often just turn up and. If, you know, members of the NZSO, and they're so they didn't, they can just turn up and mm. and play instantly and, and record. You know, mm. um, but but we, we do have some time to actually rehearse with the string sections, so that's should be good. And we have some pretty solid band rehearsal time too. And Rashi and I have been practicing. Mm. The, the funny thing is, once you've written an album and you you know finished it in May, you kind of forget about it for a little while, and then you have to go back to it and and work out what you were doing. Like, yeah. what was I sonically? How, how yeah, did I get well, those sounds? Yeah, on? yeah, yeah. And then kind yeah, of especially when your job outside of that is yeah. making music that's really quite different to that. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely, know. yeah. But that's been fun um, going back and just working out how I came up with a particular sound, or, or, or yeah. So that's um, should be good fun. And um, what what are some of the things that you've been working on the 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 sort of work pieces since we last spoke? I mean, there's been loads, but you've mm. well, the, by far the, the biggest project I've been working on is the um, Doctor Grawbrot's Invaders game, that Magic Leap, uh, which is an American mixed reality you know company, have been developing with Weta Workshop, mm. and that's a, that's been a giant project about five or six years in the making actually, and I've been on it for two years writing the score. And that's you know again extremely like, you wouldn't know it was my music at all. Right. If you listened, I mean, yeah. if you if you're familiar with the music I release, you wouldn't yeah. have any idea. It's very bombastic, orchestral, and uh, almost with a kind of Monty Python kind of you know comical. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Leaning musically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Without the songs, but um, but it's, that was really fun. Really, it's 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 kind of stupid and imperialistic and uh. and um, just a bit absurd. Do you have to? <laughs> I mean, you have your. Um, your lots of your favourite music in the pop world and 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 across across a range of genres mm. and then you obviously have your favourite composers mm. that um, are, are people you draw influence and inspiration from or just enjoy listening to. When you take on a project like that, do you have to go away and do some research? Yeah, research in terms of 
checking out some people you're aware of but you haven't actually listened to for, for ages or, or at all? Yeah, I listen to lots of um, like old Russian kind of yeah. <laughs> imperialistic marching yeah. music yeah. Yeah. when I was working on that and, and, and you know, ah, oh, like the, I forgot, yeah, the original soundtrack to Metropolis. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I'm ashamed to say, God, what's the composer? I forgot his name. Um, yeah, which is just it. amazing. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, binging on John Williams' Star Wars soundtracks yeah. and, and that kind of the, thing because yeah. it, they just, you know, it, it, they just give off that vibe of, of what we were going for in music. Um, a little bit more grandiose so, than... It, uh, yeah, it's very... The, it was, yeah. yeah. But very pompous and yeah. absurd as well. Like, you know, Greg Broadmoor, the director, wanted it to be... He, he wanted it to be absurd. Mm. <laughs> like, mm. Some very strong themes and you know, lots of brass. And, mm. So that was really fun to work on. I had, a lot, lot of fun working on that, um, and that's uh, be interesting to see how that's received. You've done a couple of uh, TV ads and yeah, but things. Some, yeah, yeah, but but some bobs and um, God, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, the roller coaster ride, um, which was a monster project as well yeah. a while ago. Um, yeah, and something I never thought I'd end up doing was writing, you know, music for a, a theme <laughs> yeah. park, um, yeah. spy themed theme park ride. Yeah. Um, and we had to take into consideration the Doppler shift and all sorts of things, you yeah, know, like because right. the music was, it's yeah. triggered by the ride, so that was fun. Yeah. So. And, well, how is, I mean, <clears throat> this might sound really naive, but how is this work coming to you now? Like, how has that changed? You're you're pretty established. You're, you've been doing this for a long time. You're very good at it. Yeah, yeah. And you um, are, have had plenty of different successes. Mm. Um, so I, I'm, I guess what I'm getting at is, does it get any easier securing the work or are you still out there peddling your wares pushing your name to get the work no 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 not these days yeah. I used to good because I was yeah I, was <laughs> I when, hope that's the answer <laughs> when we returned I think you know oh so maybe around 2007 Rashi and I did a stint in India and Japan and, and I got back and you know I had no work and started to freak out mm. sent out some stupid emails to, you know to people saying you know I can write your score and just yeah. you know which is never the way to do it, you know. Um, but eventually, the more work I did, it just it, it seemed to come, you know, naturally. Sometimes it dries up for a little period, mm. but often, more than often, it's you know I've, I have plenty to work on, and you know have even been turning down projects recently just mm. because because I know I can't do them justice, you know, um, because I'm busy working on something else, and I've tried to um, free up a bit of space because because you know we've got this tour coming up and. And um, so, and potentially something exciting next year coming up. So, yeah. So, and you've done. I was going to say, like, you know, an, an obvious kind of uh, spiritual forebear uh, for you, a, a musical hero, uh, would be someone like Brian Eno. Mm. And um, mm. and you you haven't quite. I guess it's very hard to do that here, but here and now. But where he has all these different sort of. Um, aspects to his career, including sort of yeah. outside production. Yes. You haven't done a whole lot of that, but then, no. but then you did. You, you've done some arranging for people like Thomas Oliver and stuff, which is, yep. which is, yep. you know, mm. on paper that's mm. completely outside of what a person might know you for. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. No, um, no, no, I've always wanted to do some like producing, really. Yeah. Just um, I find it, you know, find it hard enough to produce my own music. So that's the yeah. <laughs> um, that's the tricky thing, but. Um, yeah, it's. I, I, I've never considered myself. You know, most producers are just great musicians. You know, 
like yeah. Quincy Jones, an amazing mm. musician. Mm. I'm not. I don't consider myself an amazing musician at all. Like, so I, I, I kind of just plot away on various instruments. So that's always something that's um, held me back. I think just not being able, not having the ability to sit down and just whack wow. out some piano Quincy, chords. Quincy or, Jones probably thinks he's not an amazing musician too. It's just, right. everyone knows that he is, but yes, yes, he probably yeah. sits and says that he isn't. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean. I, yeah. I mean, I can pick up a guitar and play pretty well, but yeah. Um, on a keyboard I struggle although that's what I write on um, predominantly <laughs> so it just takes me a long time yeah. in fact my son is becoming he's only nine and he's becoming much more proficient than me on a on a piano you can and he's and he's a guitar man as well yeah he's, he's really into his guitar. really yeah. into his guitar Loves his yeah guitar. I was going to ask are all the kids finding their way into music big time um yeah well Ridley he is he's, yeah. he's nice he's just you know he seems to you know, like your son, I imagine, just he's around music all the time and, and um, just when they're around music, they just soak it up. They absorb it, yeah. And, um, but he uses it as an outlet, I think, just to, you know, for escapism, which is what, you know, it's probably the reason I first ever picked up guitar as well. Yeah. And it's just because you, you get into this, you just buy, your, you know, you're playing, you kind of, it's like it's like a meditation. You're, you get into this mindset and you're just trying to work something out and, and it's, um, so he, he does that, he just comes home from school and, you know, lock himself in his room for an hour and a half, and yeah. you know, jam very loudly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we've we we've talked a bit over the years about um, certain film composers, and I'm I'm always I'm forever grateful, and I always mention that you introduced me to uh, Cliff Martinez's oh, yes, score yeah. to Solaris, the, yes. the remake, which I still haven't seen the film. Really, I almost think like I just yeah. don't need to because I'm so happy with the yes. music. Yeah. as its own thing it does it certainly adds an, it's an amazing score yeah yeah, no yeah um, but I'm, I'm happy enough with it just existing yeah. as its own thing that that maybe I'll be you know it's that thing you were saying yeah. about some music being mixed yeah. differently in films maybe I'll get nothing from watching the film but what I wanted to ask is obviously people like that still pop up in, in your feed you probably know some of these people now I've had interactions with them Cliff, Cliff Martinez Clint Mansell yeah. um, and so on are there are you still like who's who's new in your sort of sphere like that that you're connected with or or listening to a lot, taking something from? Goodness me, um, that's that's tricky actually. No, I haven't had a, a huge. I, I've been I recently I've been listening to um, uh, Atticus Ross and oh yeah Trent Trent Reznor's um, soundtrack score to Viet, the Vietnam documentary yeah, by yeah, Ken yeah, yeah, Burns. Yeah. Yeah, I've got into, I haven't seen it yet, but I've got into it's that incredible. too. It's such yeah. an amazing documentary. Yeah, I want to... It's like eight and a half hours long or something. But, yeah, um, yeah, I need to find the yeah. time for that. They wrote this score that's just um, just works so well. You yeah. Know, so it just kind of puts you on edge and makes you feel... You know, They've become a pretty dependable duo, right? I like that. Uh, I like the... Um, is it Before the Flood, the Leo? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that pretty too. good too. Nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I love all this stuff. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I... I've been listening to a lot of them. Um, it's actually got me back into listening to Nine Inch Nails. Right. A little bit. See, I never. Rashi was yeah. really into the big fan of. I, I never really listened to them. Right. And, yeah. And I did, and then I went off them, and then I got really impressed by the soundtrack work. Yeah. And you could sort of some of those last from the first phase, some of those instrumentally Nine Inch Nails things. Yeah, yeah. You could see that's where it was all going. Like the Ghosts album and stuff, you right? Could, you could see, well, that that could work as little yeah, soundtrack yeah. pieces. But now I've actually gone, yeah, back into the sort of downward spiral and yes, the, yeah, like yeah. kind of vintage Nine Inch Nails stuff. Oh, okay. I'm really enjoying that again. I should give it a shot. No, I mean, I, 
the thing, you know, because I'm spending a lot of time in the studio mm. just during the day, and then, and then uh, at night, I, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm over it. So, and I just, we just watch something, or you know, I watch a film, and I yeah. just, I, I, unless it's a soundtrack on a film, I haven't, I haven't been spending a lot of time listening to music. Yeah. Um, but I've been delving back into a lot of classical music, like. Uh, you know, Bach's Goldberg variations. Yeah, and just, yeah, you know, just staples. Uh, just things like that. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, it's, you know, I'm looking forward to spending more time listening, actually. Yeah, I've got hooked yeah. on um, Brian Eno's Discreet Music. Oh, yes, And, yeah. uh, well, you know, all his stuff, but that one in particular at the moment, and um, yeah. that, um, is it Berinsky, the Disintegration Loops. Right, know? right. Yeah, which yeah, is amazing. amazing. And, yeah. yeah, those sorts of things are occupying yeah, I mean, they, a lot of... I mean, I thrashed. I thrashed. There's a big one that I thrashed. You know, was um, uh, Harold Budd and Brian Eno's yeah. "The Pearl." Yeah, album. yeah, that's great. And it, it's, uh, you know, when Rashi and I had kids, we'd we'd put it on when they were newborns, and it would just permeate around mm. the house, and it, it's just such a gentle album. And I've always loved music that just doesn't like it's almost unengaging in a way. So it becomes it just becomes this atmosphere in the house you know? so it's not it's not it's mm. not demanding anything mm. and that's why I love that's why I love you know Brian Eno's work and, mm. and people like him and that's why I love the Solaris soundtrack yeah, because yeah. it's just um, it's an incredibly powerful orchestral score that works on its own yeah you know a lot of film music doesn't work on its own yeah you yeah. listen to it out of context um, but that one doesn't yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and actually, speaking of people like that, wasn't there a photo of you meeting Max Richter? I did meet Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to see his. Did you go to the sleep show, or was it something? No, else? no, I, I, I wouldn't have slept. <laughs> no, um, no, no. I went to his. Uh, so he, he has. Uh, he, did, he did a re about six years ago. He did a reinterpretation of Vivaldi's Four Seasons. That's right. Just yeah, stunning. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I actually that. like it yeah, yeah. more than you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's heresy, but it um, is. But it, it's, it's the repetition yeah. which I yeah. love. You know, yeah. he's, he's grabbed this like in yes. ways like. I guess he's, he's he, found, it's, it's all score work, but he's, he's almost like he's treating found, it like a sampler. He's yeah. kind of gone through and just like grabbed he's, bits. He's uh, found motifs within motifs. Yeah, yeah and yeah, it's yeah. absolutely stunning. Yeah. And he, 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 he played that show up in Auckland. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. With the APO, and it was just uh, phenomenal. Yeah, I got the chance to uh, meet him and have, spend some time with him. And yeah, really lovely guy. He's like a you know musical encyclopedia. He, he, Musicologist, you know, yeah, so just yeah, yeah. full of yeah. information and just you know, obsessive about classical music. And, yeah, you know, he's, he's deep in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, all right. So you, do you want to give the the? Do you know all the dates for the shows? I can I, add a link to it yeah, anyway. Um, but well, so you premiere at the Dunedin. Twenty ninth of um, September, we play at the Dunedin Town Hall. Yeah, for their arts festival. For their arts festival, and then we the next show would be. And so that's actually before the album comes out. It is a week. Mm, yeah, mm. yeah. So they'll. Well, I mean, I think if people if people have pre-ordered it on they'll vinyl or CD, they yeah. they'll probably get sent it before then. But right. um, if they live in Dunedin. Yeah. And then, yeah, the album comes out. I think a week before we play here and at the Michael yeah. Fowler Centre. Yeah. On the twelfth of October. First time playing there. Uh, as yeah, 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 as, you, yeah, 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 as a solo act, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, um, and then we play, um, then Nelson, and I've forgotten when that is. That's like twenty first or twenty second yeah. or something of October, and and then Auckland at the end of October. Two yeah, shows. Twenty sixth, twenty seventh of October. And then what? Well, a big sleep for a bit. And yeah. Well, back, then back another, work, another back, year is over. Yeah. I mean, that's the I bizarre know, thing. You know, I know. You get busy and 
as you know, and it's just where did yeah. this year go? Yeah, and that's yeah. it. And then yeah. and then projects in and around that, I suppose, to pick up with again. Yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit, a little bit. I'm actually going to take just a few weeks off and yeah, and just spend some time with the family and and um, yeah, and see what happens. Um, how do you think you've got uh, the? I mean, I don't know your process. I've been to your place. I've seen your studio. I've, I know your family. Mm. Um, but how do you think you've? Do you think you've struck a good balance with working and, and hanging out with them and being present? Like uh, it would seem to me that you have. But, oh yes, but then no, I absolutely. wonder how yeah. much, yeah. how involved you get in the. No, 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 for sure. I mean, you know, the great thing about, you know, we have a studio in the bottom of our house, as you've seen. Yeah. And. Um, so I'm, I'm there when the kids come home from school and, and spend yeah. time with them then and then, then then go and do some more work. And if I'm really busy, I'll just walk downstairs at night and work, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, no, I do, I do enjoy that. Although, yeah, it can be distracting sometimes when you've really got your head down. Um, but, but you just have to learn to <clears throat> to deal with that, right? Like, to yeah, go, yeah. This is, this is more important to be doing this Absolutely. now. And, then... and for Rashi as well. I mean, she, yeah. you know, she works in the film industry and she... Um, but she only you know, like works like a thirty-hour week or something. But yeah. well, actually brings a lot of work home as well. Yeah, she, yeah. Just so she can be around the kids after school. Um, yeah. So it's but you know they're growing up quickly. They'll all be gone. And move out at some point. <laughs> <laughs> do their own do their own immersive shows around the country. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I wouldn't uh, re- I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to bring up and and. I feel like we've done the album and the and the show enough justice without spoiling it. Uh, teaser wise, we've, yeah. we've we've put it there for people. But is there anything else you want to? Not really. I mean, I you know I hope that people come and I think it, <laughs> we've got some great we've got a great band. And, yeah. Um, and if if it doesn't sound very good, it's I can promise you it'll, it'll look amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's um, well that's the thing though. Like you're. Your ver- I, I've, I've talked to you about this a few times, but your your version of happiness around whether it was a good show or not is going to be completely different to right. audience members. I always remember seeing yeah. one of your shows at Downstage, yeah. and I think messaging you afterwards and saying that was yeah. great, and your your reply was that it was fucking terrible, yeah. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> like you were really depressed, and and I'd just been part of a standing ovation, oh, and yes. you you were cross because one thing that you'd you know that was we, supposed we, to be we, triggered early on didn't work we had issues with, uh, the, yeah, with yeah. the click track yeah yeah technology's come a long way since then. yeah that's right but I mean, also like I remember actually <coughs> spotting that exact moment seeing your reaction right. to it and then going this does not matter right. you know like okay. for yeah, 99% yeah. Yeah. of the people here this does not matter oh that's interesting I should remember that I really believe that, that. Yeah. yeah and I think you know but I totally understood knowing you I understood your reaction to that, yeah, yeah, that I, yeah. the thing I wanted to have happen didn't happen so therefore it wasn't good yeah I mean now we, you know we've, we're using some new technology so everything should we should be okay touch wood you know like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, the, I mean the last big show we played um, at the opera house Wellington Opera House yeah I, was, I, was, I mean there were a few little hiccups in that show as well but I, I came off you know came out of it feeling pretty good about it yeah. I think when you've got a lot of people involved and it's all based on you know syncing with visuals and click tracks there's a lot that can go wrong um, and especially there are moments in the show where it's so quiet you can, you know, you can hear a pin drop you know? yeah. and then so it, it, all these delicate moments just can make for more difficult moments if they, if they arise but um, 
Yeah. Yeah. People, people, um, people take to Facebook these days to um, get very uh, invested in the deaths of, you know, uh, most recently Aretha Franklin or yeah. Prince or you know, David Bowie or whatever. Um, and then I think there are people who, you know, like say a famous writer dies and not everyone's across that. Yeah. Some people mention it and they might feel a little bit lost or, or alone in their right. grief. Um, was that a case for you and how were you around the death of Johan Johansson? Oh, it was just absolutely tragic. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I was in shock actually. Yeah. A few days. For, I mean, I've been following his work, um, you know, since, I think since his first album, you know, yeah. way, way back. Um, and he was such an interesting composer in that he, I forgot the name of the record because it's some esoteric title with lots of numbers in it. Yeah. But he, um, there was, the, I think the first track I ever heard of his was, uh, it's this piece of music, which is a full string section and he's singing with a vocoder and, and over the top of it, you know, and it's this vocoded voice. Mm. And I just thought, wow, that's fascinating. You know, like, mm. you know, and to me, he was, one of those people that was really at the forefront of, I guess, what, what do they call it now? Kind of the neoclassical, yes. you know, a modern modern classical yeah, movement, yeah. which in, can incorporate electronic sounds, etc. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's. It's just. Uh, it's just very sad to think that. I mean, you know, we've just lost so much music. The music he would have gone on to. Make, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And also, I think like just the last couple of years was a really prolific patch mm. for him as a film composer and also he was really I mean there are other people that have done this but he was really furthering the role I think in terms of being um, hired as just a music supervisor or as a kind mm. of sound designer you know things like Mother there were, I believe there was yeah, a composed although, although score there had, was a composed score he had written that? a that score then, apparently yeah, yeah. It, but it was his idea apparently to, yeah, to remove to, it to convince Aaron Aronofsky to yeah. ditch the score because yeah. it wasn't helping the film and, yeah. that, and that shows you what an amazing composer he is yeah I mean just that's selfless right. kind of, yeah yeah uh, this is what's right for the film yeah, yeah. not, and, not yeah. um, this is yeah. me and my music yeah and exactly of course we, uh, you know infamously we, we all know that he um, you know wrote a whole the entire score to the new Blade Runner film yes yeah, 2000, yeah. Blade Runner 2049 yeah. which was ditched yeah so so um, that was the opposite thing that was the director telling him and the studio I think or whatever yeah. that they didn't want I to for whatever reason yeah yeah but I'm sure it's an incredible score, and I hope we all get to hear it one day. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I wonder if we, I wonder if the music from Mother will be yeah, around maybe, as well, for yeah, example. Yeah, well, it must be somewhere on a hard drive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So hopefully there are still some gems out there we can get a chance to listen to. Yeah. At yeah. some point. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, always, always good to catch up, and um, best of luck for the shows and the album is incredible. Oh, thanks so. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Podcast number 130 something. Something. Yeah. Later. Yeah, I don't know when we'll put it up, but we'll put it up before your, um, you know, we'll, we'll do the plug thing. It'll go up to, to promote the shows. But yeah, I didn't I didn't think when I talked to you for number two yeah. that I'd be at 130 something. Yeah, that's um, be 10 or so that, what, what's, That's a pretty good ratio. You must be doing, what, one, two yeah. every week or one a week or something? They, they, I put up one a week. Right, yeah. I, I, I post one a week. and But I think for the first year, I posted one every two weeks. Right. So, yeah. you know, I picked up after that. Yeah. Like it was, yeah, there was probably 20, 24 or 25 in the first year. And then I thought, actually, right. I need to do one a week. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. I won't, um, 
you know, I don't know that there was, there's probably never been a demand for me to do one a week. It's just coming mm. from me. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's that deadline thing. If I don't do it, I'll just, yeah, yeah, I'll just, it'll just fade away. And I'll just, if I just yeah. every now and then think, oh, it'd be nice to talk to someone. I actually kind of want it to be, I enjoy all of the conversations, but I want it to be an assignment. Mm-hmm. You know, it mm. needs to be, it needs to be, <clears throat> go out and find someone to talk to. Right, not, right, not, yeah. not wait for someone to say, hey, I'm, I'm doing something, can I come and talk to you? Because that's, yeah, yeah. If, if I waited for that, I'd do three a year. Yes. You know, <laughs> and that might be very, very good, but, uh, you know, who would really care? Yeah, yeah. So I, I like the idea that there's one a week, yeah, yeah. some are better than others, um, perhaps, mm. but I enjoy them all. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, they're great. Uh, keep yeah. them up. They're, yeah. they're fantastic.